0: 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
1: Top three cooking tips. One, if you're cutting an onion, remember to cry. Two, put mustard on your marshmallows after they've finished boiling in vinegar at a low temperature. Three, knives are not Spoons.
0: When well, the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride.
1: Oh, uh, the best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that will depart and arrive on time. The ones that will take you from clown to trapeze, squad to elephant, see. see ya. I'll come on the train with the circus promise. It's intense.
2: It's Wednesday. It is high noon. You are joining us on the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I am joined by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Ah. So much anger, so much rage. Uh. So much rage. How much rage? She gonna sing spiritual. There's gonna be some rage in the house today.
3: Rage. Yeah, it's been a moment. No, I'm
2: fucking, I'm mad.
3: But we can get into that later.
2: May 31st, 2017. (laughs) Remember the anger. Yeah, dude. Juneteenth
3: starts tomorrow. right?
2: For the whole month. Yeah.
3: But on a happier note, congratulations. uh, Your comedy show being like the only
2: female. Uh, Yeah. uh, Cops comedy on the 11th. I'm in the all-state heavyweight showdown at Cops. And uh, get the your only, tickets. Get your tickets. I'm the only girl, and it's an interesting show because the audience votes on their smartphone, and whoever wins gets money. I didn't realize there was money involved. Dude, but yo. I'm, but being the only girl, I think is gonna help, and you know.
3: Dude, 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 yeah. awesome I do, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Congrats. I'm very lucky. Thank you. That's
3: on a happy note.
2: That's a happy thing, yes. Uh, but on a sad note, everything else.
3: <laughs> By the way, like, when I was um, on my way here, I was reading in Huffington Post about how they want to charge people for birth control. Oh,
2: right, 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 right. That is, uh, I saw that on your on your page <sighs> that you're my rage page the rage page i would
3: just start my own facebook page called the rage page yeah yeah um that that was one thing that made me upset today and then the other thing that made me upset is you know all these hate crimes and you know the thing that happened in portland you know
2: it is so sad niggas dying it's so so sad by the way
3: um you know the sad thing is the condolences to those people that two did, men who two stood men. up and
2: yeah. got stabbed to death which is like probably the worst way to die uh talked to Nicole Brown Simpson and uh, <laughs> right sorry. poor and that poor <laughs> sorry no right, it's like <laughs> the sorry, worst geez. way to die. I didn't, I, <laughs> you, I'm sorry, I just You threw a cold brown up Woo!
3: I'm just I'm comedy w- and tragedy. It equals <laughs> the, the
2: thing is that I, I've been watching a lot of terrible like death things on Netflix, anyways, and a lot of things about like killing and and the, one of the worst ways to go has to be either like a hammer to the head, where they blow you still, out your head, but you're still, still alive, alive for like yeah. 22 minutes. Ugh, I've been watching too many like murder shows, and I'm just like. I'm bereft for the families and the people and I really think this heroism comes from this sort of YOLO mentality now stick with me on this one 9-11 a lot of people were on a plane there were box cutters everyone freaked out there were
3: heroes on that plane too right
2: but I think a lot of the kids that grew up in that time said oh I would have fought someone with a you know they'd be like there's this like hero mentality of yolo i'd fight those guys with box cutters and i think that that mentality kind of was what happened on the bus like i can be a hero i'm not afraid and then it's like what a
3: knife you you've been on a situation even on a bus when you know you see someone being disrespectful and you're like, yo, you need to calm it down and stop right. that. And you know, you don't even realize it. Like not it too- always
2: escalates though. Then it's like, you talking to me? What are you saying yeah. to me? And I'm like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, can we all be nice? Yeah. And then it becomes like a thing, like
3: I got an orange thrown at my face not too long what? ago. What? That's an um, assault.
2: Yeah, by these little
3: asshole kids. Um and
2: <laughs> that's when you call the cops and you teach young children that you cannot assault people in public. Spitting is an assault, throwing an orange is an assault. Cutting
3: people's cutting people
2: <laughs> cutting people is murder but I mean where have we what is going on in our society Um, (laughs) we're stabbing people on the bus
3: you remember you know I was talking about this race war at one point in time and it's actually starting to happen and I was I I didn't want to kid about it or I was kidding
2: I thought but mm. the picture of the guy he looks
3: it looks like they beat his ass.
2: It's He looks scary, but yeah. he looks like he's had his cheek broken before. Um, so I looked up the Portland Mercury News because I thought we'd go to Portland to see what they said. And it's all in their news. Uh, hate crime suspect, crazy arraignment, and hero's mom writes letter to Trump. What? So that's one of the...
3: Oh, she wrote the letter. I read it um, saying how it took her th- him three days to respond to the fact of what happened. Oh, and wow. he should be ashamed of himself because his rhetoric... Is. It's always been there, but it's now ex- exploding. All you call issues. it
2: terrorism; I call it patriotism. That's what that mother. Jeremy Christian's said. arraignment was raucous. Oh, Christian, it's just so, so, so sad. Um,
3: and this is not this is not the first one. This won't be the last one. But the thing is, white people gone crazy. <laughs> and. And the thing is just like, you know, some of these white people who don't know American history, when you tell people, and you know, he was, he came onto the train telling, get out of my country, go back to Saudi Arabia, you know, cause he's very educated, um, <laughs> you know, because this is his country again, very educated. And you know, he, he's telling these Brown people to get out and Saudi Arabia is just a country. There's a whole
2: region of Muslims all over the world. Right. So, you know,
3: it, the ignorance
2: Here's what they said. This is the, here's what authorities say happened in Friday's vicious Max stabbings. Okay. Jeremy Christian was taking pulls of sangria when he walked onto a Max Green Line train. Oh, wait,
3: he was drinking sangria? He was drinking sangria. Okay, first of all, sangria sangria yeah.
2: there we go uh and bottled sangria we you know it's drunk really gross vodka something white yeah right something clear yeah uh Keep the green clear. line train at rose quarter on friday according to a newly released probable cause document used to charge the 35 year old white supremacist with a host of felony and misdemeanor charges he keyed in on two teenage girls right away both were black one had on traditional muslim guard Get the fuck out and pay taxes were among Christian's demands of the two girls, according to the newly released document. He also allegedly said, go home. We need American here. (laughs) And I don't care if you are ISIS. When a man sitting nearby tried to intervene, the document says Christian spoke of decapitating heads. What happened next was quick. The probable cause report written by Deputy District Attorney Ryan Lufkin said, says videos show Christian making a sudden movement toward 23-year-old Talasian Namaki Mesh, one of Friday's victims. When Mesh stood up, Christian got in his face saying, oh do something bitch, the report said. Next Micah Fletcher, 21, another victim got up. Christian shoved Fletcher and pulled out a folding knife. Fletcher shoved back. Christian stumbled but regained his feet and said, hit me again as Fletcher told him to get off the train prosecutors say. Christian swung stabbing Fletcher in the neck the document says. Immediately afterward he turned to mesh, slashing the knife at him repeatedly. When Ricky Best, 53 the third victim of the attack, stepped up to intervene, prosecutors say he was Stabbed two. Christian allegedly pushed Best back, then stabbed both him and Mesh again. As he made his way off the stopped train onto the Hollywood station platform, Christian picked up a bag left by one of the two teens he'd he'd been threatening tossing it into interstate 84 as he left the station my god insult to injury he throws her purse away cops soon got reports of Christ- where christian was headed he threw his knife at a police vehicle it was a 3.75 inch folding knife and was arrested after a brief standoff while in the back seat of the police cars prosecutors say christian said the following things i just stabbed a bunch of motherfuckers in their neck just a punk-ass bunch of motherfuckers There's one. I think this might be our song today. I don't know. Is it too soon? (laughs) Get stabbed in your neck if you hate free speech. I'm tearing out motherfuckers' throats. You think I give a fuck who I spit on? I can die in prison a happy man. I'm all good. I stabbed two motherfuckers in the neck and I'm happy now. I'm happy now. I can rest easy. I think I stab motherfuckers in the neck. Oh, think I stab motherfuckers in the neck for fun? Oh yeah, you're right. I do. I'm a patriot. I told him, you ain't gonna heal, punk, and then he still wants to put hands on me. Die, bitch. Fucking die. That's what liberalism gets you. Both Best and Mesh suffered multiple stab wounds, but those to the neck proved fatal, according to the document. Fletcher, who survived, nearly perished. He told Cruz today his jaw was broken by Christian's knife. Whoa. Those quotes are crazy. He didn't give a fuck. He's in the back of a cop car, and it's like they've already read him his rights, and he's like, I'm going to jail forever.
3: Well, did you see him when he was getting arraigned? Uh, There's live uh, him saying shit um, again on his arraignment uh, yesterday. You know, and, you know, I, you know, Obviously, this dude is mentally ill, right. but I'm not going to take the mentally ill on this one. I'm not going to do it. I, mean, I know, I know, I know he suffers from mental illness, but I'm not giving white people the pass anymore on this one.
2: Well, this is—I I mean, he—I can't. He killed. He. I'm tearing out motherfuckers' throats. You think I give a fuck who I spit on? Like,
3: yeah, he's—he's uh, cray, cray.
2: Totally crazy.
3: Yeah, but then there's a whole bunch of them too. You know that are crazy too. I'm not gonna. I, yes, and that's the thing. If
2: if we don't, if the people don't rise up and give him the death penalty or whatever you can get in Oregon, then it, it basically says, yeah, 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 cool. Just keep, feel free to kill more people on the train. Like, I don't like,
3: even. I don't. I don't even want him to get the death penalty. I want. I want the, the inmates to take care of. Him. Oh wow. I don't want him to get the death penalty. I want. I want. Run up and against the wrong bitch. Well, or the wrong nigga. Or, or the. Wrong they wouldn't nigga. be able to
2: put him in regular. Prison capacity Some or whatever. Fuck him shit up. Well, that's the thing. He'd have to be under. He'd have to be in solitary or in protective custody because Jeffrey
3: Dahmer. His ass. <laughs> is that Literally. what we're Stick Dahmer? a broomstick up that motherfucker's ass.
2: It's 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 terrible. And things you know, the we thing is, it's just like. People.
3: And you know, I was reading the article. He's not just a Trump supporter. I just want to let you know he voted for Bernie.
2: Wow getting deep yeah so i looked up this new thing from england that i found and it's news now bad news and it just gives you a scrolling within the last 10 minutes kathy griffin asked from cnn new york uh oh, show after trump beheaded head. photo so cnn new york no i haven't but i saw things on the in about the, the picture yeah controversial comedian fired over beheading donald trump photo shoot
3: should be all right she got money she all right well it's, i don't think it, i don't even think that's an issue to me because he's cutting people up people are dying out
2: here because of that man trump fumes at kathy griffin following controversial beheading photo shoot Wow, so that's really topping the news, which is sad because that's just like entertainment. I was hoping when I looked up bad news that the stuff at the top would be like, Portland still sucks. But let's see how far. (laughs) But this is all like within the last six hours. Ooh, man stabbed during brawl at karaoke bar. Ooh, But that's in uh, Lancashire, England. But um, I can see dabbing at a karaoke Speaking of
3: England, uh, they're about to have an election again. Um, And Corbyn, who is, um, he's kind of like the Bernie Sanders of England, of the, excuse me, of the UK, Uh um, is coming close to Theresa May, who's the prime minister right now. So, um, I think he's like thirty at 37% or 37 points and she's at 44, so it's almost coming to a close tie. Which means... They're going to have a, their version of Bernie Sanders and we'll still wow. be stuck with the orange follicle piece of shit that we still have. I don't
2: know if it's going to be for long though.
3: I don't want him to be impeached.
2: Right, because we're worried about Mr. Pence. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if he is impeached, my big question is, does his entire cabinet go away with him, or do they keep all the same ridiculous people that he's nominated?
3: Uh, he would still, it, it would go to Pence.
2: Huh. Yeah,
3: because he's just a victim in all this. Oh, wow. boy, he's just a victim. It's, um... Yeah, it's... It's, it's
2: getting mean, really it's, deep. I it's mean, getting, it's, it's getting super deep. I'm very, I'm, I'm sad, but... Uh, but I do like Kathy. So there's the picture. Wow, it's pretty disturbing.
3: It's 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 grotesque. But whatever, I, I, it don't bother me. But she's funny. I mean, it just it, I don't think it was funny. But I, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't, because there's so many other issues
2: right. to it's worry just, about. It's just it's look just, over here. Look over here. Distraction,
3: distraction. Right, distraction. Right, look, there's the bedding over here. Oh, yeah, drugs, bad. Still Jeff Sessions, who is a, another devil and oh, the, just the, the whole cafe it's, but is. is there that's
2: the thing is it? okay you said that there is evil like and I've been watching Twin Peaks too so I'm like there Stato. is unspeakable evil in this world yes. and it's coming to a forefront and where are you now Agent Cooper where are your dreams and how will you solve this one I've been watching the old ones oh you've
3: been watching the old yeah, ones yeah because and... I
2: just wanted to watch the old ones before I
3: get into the, the new ones that's re- actually really smart I had to
2: fall in love with Agent Cooper again he's so good I still think he's, he's such hot. a good man. Oh, absolutely. Kyle okay, so off. the sad thing is that I keep staring at his terrible quotes, and I'm like, "This would be amazing," but I really think this is the first time where I'm going to say, "Hey, Pam," too soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. So your satire is <laughs> too soon on this one. <laughs> I mean, You're not
2: allowed to turn. Although it's all here for us. It's all quotes. It's all here for us. But I just think it's too. I just think it's too disrespectful. <laughs> it's still
3: the. Yeah. It's yeah. too soon. I mean, I, I want. I, I feel you. I feel you. But I just. I got, I no. No, we no, can't do it. We can't. We can't. I was thinking more of like Jared Kushner or the uh, Trump
2: kids. Right. Sure. Yeah. But I just, all this arraignment stuff is free speech or die, Portland. Wow. I mean, it's maybe in a little, maybe in a while, maybe in the future, but yeah. not now. Free speech or die, Portland. That's the name of the song.
3: (laughs) I mean, there is there is just something going on, and it's really sad and sickening. Like even a couple days ago in the Texas Senate, uh, there were protesters, and one of the uh, Republican senators, Rinaldi. said I'm going to call ISIS because all the protesters of course they're you know they're mostly brown and some black and speckles of white you know but you know he saw more brown faces so he wouldn't call ISIS uh not ISIS excuse me ICE well
2: no but, but that's the thing is <laughs> that there were actually thirty thousand Muslims who protested who got in the streets and protested ISIS this week oh yeah that so happened that too. happened too so that that's like Muslims saying this is not all... Okay, you can't blanket and say all the Muslims are ISIS or whatever. That's just ignorance. And they're coming out saying, like we, don't like, we don't like ISIS. We, we don't like terrorism. We're just people. We just happen to believe this particular religion. All of us, just like you Christians, believe this weird thing, you know? Just like the Jews believe these weird things, you know? And then there's the people that sit in quiet contemplation. Whatever. Let's just all... Be cool people, to each other. <laughs> I think people need to fucking read a fucking book. Yeah, I, I yes.
3: pick up a fucking book, you fucking ignorant son of a bitches well, out there.
2: Absolutely. I mean,
3: seriously, you want to talk about some motherfucking American history? Don't tell motherfuckers who are brown to get the fuck out of my country. You yeah. take your pilgrim ass back to your motherfucking country. <laughs> and by the motherfucking way, Mexico, California was part of Mexico. Yeah. Texas. You take your motherfucking ass home. And and you know what here here we go you know let's talk about and black people you can't tell us to go back to where we came from oh, yeah. you know why you shipped our motherfucking asses here right. okay
2: and you not even that long ago oh so ago. it was
3: like less than 200 oh. years ago oh and then okay and for those at uh, fucking mix out there you irish folk who were once <laughs> niggers at one point in time yeah i'll call y'all niggers because you once were
2: Read a fucking book. Well, and but here's the thing so, history fucking book. history is important, and reading, even trying to do nonfiction accounts of, of the, the lost histories mm. of the people that were here. But even better is if people pick up fiction because through reading a story of fiction, you can empathize with the main character, whether they are Muslim or black or Native American or English or whatever, whatever stories that you read teach empathy because you as yourself are able to immerse yourself in a world through a first person character narrative of someone else and that for teaches you how to be more human because you're able to have empathy because you're able to understand allegorical fiction and what's going on in other people's lives so when like you know a misogynistic white dude reads some you know feminist literature maybe they can or you know what i mean so like if someone when you read native son it is a, I mean, it's an amazing book with with bigger, and the whole what was going on in the time of the 20s, and and the rampant racism and how it caused this this huge murder. But it was like accidental, but it was his situation that, anyways, it's a book about empathy and if people could start reading fiction again I feel like it would save the world.
3: If people can fucking read a book. Read a book, read a book. People, I'm like, you have even congressmen in Mississippi talking about like, uh, because they're trying to take uh, down the confederate statues. They're not throwing them away, they're putting them in a fucking museum so cool down you racist white folks out there. They, He said, you know, basically, he's a congressman in Mississippi. I don't remember that fucking racist's name. You can look him up. But he said, you know, whoever decides to, like, take care or take down our Confederate statues and monuments here in Mississippi deserves to be lynched. <gasps> so now we're bringing lynching back, which oh it never went goodness. away. That's true. But this is, but I'm just saying, this shit's rapid. And the thing that I was talking about in Texas on the Senate floor.
2: The guy, Steven Palazzo,
3: yeah, that fuck face. In Mississippi. Uh, join
2: it's he, the White House today, as he signed the law, the natural, but I don't, I don't see, I wish I could know about these uh statues. Oh, I put statutes, not statues. <laughs>
3: ah, so in the Texas Senate, this uh Ronaldi, who is a Republican senator, basically said, I'm gonna call ICE immigration. Uh, on these protesters and then um, there was a scuffle that happened on the Senate floor and he told some of the Democratic uh, uh, congressmen it's actually are-
2: Carl Oliver is the guy
3: oh this is the racist fucking Mississippi we're going from one right. racist congressman to another Mississippi
2: lawmaker is under fire after calling the, calling for the lynching of leaders who supported the recent removal of confederate monuments in Louisiana Mississippi state Republican Carl Oliver went on a diatribe about the controversial statues in his neighboring state, which have been taken down in recent weeks. The destruction of these monuments, erected in the loving memory of our family and fellow Southern Americans, is both heinous and horrific. If they were the patriots. if uh, if the and I use this term extremely loosely, leadership of Louisiana wishes to, in a Naziish fashion, burn books or destroy historical monuments of our history, they should be lynched. Let it be known, I will do all in my power to prevent this from happening in our state.
3: Lynched.
2: That's really, really horrible. Just lynched. <laughs> I mean, well but see, but and lynching is it goes beyond horrible because you're basically, especially in the United States where we say that you have an access to a trial by jury. It's basically saying no judge, no jury, you're dead. We say that you're dead, and then the whole community comes together and says, "Ha ha, ha you're dead!" It's awful. It's like it's like community, like. Ah, hate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hate.
3: And um, here's another thing. Here's another history lesson for you, silver War buffs out there. Um, those people that he are he's speaking of, they're not patriots they went against their own country right? because they wanted to succeed right. from America. So, they're not Americans. They're just ignorant son of a bitches. Yeah. So, that's another
2: history. Well, it's supposed. all, but that's the thing. It's all the economy. So, they wanted to keep slave labor because that's how they could keep costs down. And so, it, like, America, since it's all about capitalism, you are like, we gotta keep slaves, yo! And they're still poor.
3: 150-something right. years later, you're right. still
2: broke. It's uh, it's the th- Okay, so here's what it says even down here. Lynching means to put to death, as by hanging, by mob action without legal approval or permission. That's what we were just saying. It is a particularly fraught term in the South where thousands of black Americans were lynched in the 19th and 20th centuries. Oliver, a Republican, was elected to the Mississippi Legislature in 2015 as districts include Money, Mississippi, the town where a 14-year-old black boy named Emmett Emmett Till was lynched by two white men in 1955. 1955. Uh, But that's the thing, to use that terminology is just horrific and these are the people who are in the, They're they're part of the government <laughs> part of the government yet yeah, disgusting we've got things disgusting appalling at least people are kind of back, having a backlash against it
3: and I don't care where you live I don't care what state nobody's safe No, I don't care what state you live in. Ain't nobody safe here. Ain't nobody safe in the progressive Portland. Ain't nobody safe in Seattle or New York or, no, or St. Louis or wherever. Ain't nobody safe. So when I hear people like, well, at least we don't live there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right? Because it happened in Portland, which is like... I mean, look at Portlandia. It's like the bastion of...
3: Uh, we make fun of it because it's funny. Because right. of Put a how, bird on it. Yeah, put a bird on it. You know, how liberal and odd. Uh, but it's yeah. very white, too. But also, you know, it's so progressive. But this shit happens,
2: this shit happens in your front too. yard. Right. Oh.
3: Fucking hate this
2: country. Uh, right, it's really scary. Uh, so, to to our to our gnarled news, uh, sad things uh, happened. A yeah, well, let's go to birth control. Why not? Things That's that, still there now. Yeah, all the things that affect us. We're like, uh, and there's so many.
3: All right, white women,
2: let's go. Yeah, can we can we take up arms against our oppressors? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, and that was one of the memes I saw today that was, if women took up arms against their oppressors for, for their own reproductive rights, the government would immediately ban assault rifles. Uh, True. <laughs> so this is Washington, a draft of the Trump administration's new birth control coverage exemption has leaked, and it is far more wide-reaching than had been predicted. The new rule amends the Obama administration's coverage requirement to allow any employer, school, or insurance company to opt out of covering contraception due to any moral or religious obligation, Fox reported Wednesday. Even a massive for-profit company with no religious affiliation will be able to deny birth control coverage to their female employees. This rule would mean women across the country could be denied insurance coverage for birth control on a whim of their employer or university, said Dana Singer, a spokeswoman for Planned Parenthood. It makes makes a farce of the Trump administration's so-called women's empowerment agenda, and it endangers a woman's ability to make the most basic and personal of decisions when and if to have a child. In the Affordable Care Act, the Obama administration deemed birth control an essential health service and required most employers to full range of contraceptions in their insurance plans at no cost to women. The rule carved out an exemption for houses of worship and an accommodation for religiously affiliated nonprofits. But the Trump administration has decided that requiring anyone to cover birth control violates religious freedom. Expanding the exemption removes religious and moral obstacles that entitles... And that entities and certain individuals may face who otherwise wish to participate in the healthcare market, the administration said in the rule. That's like a cra- expanding the exemption removes religious and moral obstacles that entities and certain individuals may face. Oh, I see. Because before you had to be religious, and now they're saying for any like, reason you can like just like say Hobby no. Like
3: Hobby Lobby, like they right. wouldn't. Yeah, because they're Christian uh, based. Uh, corporation.
2: The contraception mandate currently guarantees coverage to more than 55 million women. Before the law went into effect, more than 20% of women of childbearing age had to pay out of pocket for contraception. The coverage rule reduced... They're, they keep wanting to make me listen to things. The coverage rule reduced that number to four percent. It has contributed to an all-time low in unintended pregnancy and the lowest U.S. abortion rate since the procedure became illegal in ni- or legal in 1973. Wow, that's really interesting. The rollback of the rule will go into effect once the Office of Management and Budget approves it. And a 60-day public comment period ends. Conservative groups applauded the move. The Family Research Council President Tony Perkins commended President Donald Trump for reversing the devastating (laughs) trends sent by the last administration to punish charities, pastors, family-owned businesses, and honest, hardworking people simply for living According to their faith, here. <laughs> progressive legal advocacy groups, including the Center for Reproductive Rights and the American Civil Liberties Union are threatening to sue the administration over the new regulation. Any rule that allows employers to deny contraceptive coverage to their employees is an attempt at allowing religion to be used as a license to discriminate. ACLU spokesman Louise Melling said in a statement, we'll see the Trump administration in court if they try to follow through on these plans taking away...
3: We're not even talking about abortion now.
2: No, we're talking about birth control.
3: Birth control. Preventing you from having an abortion.
2: Well, just making people pay for it. um, Suck. I mean... Okay, so I love my (laughs) IUD because it's great. It's in there. I don't have to worry about it for like six more years or whatever. I feel great about that. But...
3: It's, it's not even just about protecting yourself from like having children or have you it's, for some women it's a hormonal thing right? and at some women it, it helps with you know with um, Will you you have to have your administration you know it helps with the cramps it helps you know if have- you have
2: ovarian cysts um, I had to be on birth control for a long time because it suppresses ovulation and when I would ovulate without birth control and it's still it happened recently basically my eggs don't fully release sometimes from the uh, ovary and then they turn into cysts and they grow into weird things like teeth and hair. They're non-malignant. But your grandmother, She had one too. Well, yeah. it's just a thing. It's just like our ovaries don't fully release eggs. They're like, don't have children or whatever. I don't know why my ovaries talking like that. But, um, so I was on birth control to suppress that so that I wouldn't continue having to have operations to take out the cysts every couple of years, you know? So, but, yay.
3: But men don't know that shit.
2: Right. These well, people don't know that. And there's a great quote uh, that's floating around too. Like if if men got pregnant and had to have abortions would be available at every ATM. You, you know, know, like if oh, men, absolutely, because yeah, that would be. And
3: I one. don't like you either right now. I don't like men either right <laughs> now. I just don't like people right this,
2: now. This uh, says this budget reeks of hypocrisy.
3: Oh, totally.
2: Uh, Any administrate. This is from Ilse Hoag, president of Narl Pro Trace America. Uh, any administration's budget reflects its priorities and Donald Trump's budget makes clear his view that women and children are at the bottom of the barrel. By gutting the programs that help the most vulnerable women and families, this so-called pro-life administration would make life unbearable for those most in need. Donald Trump and Mike Pence have lobbed to have lobbed attack after attack on women's healthcare since the early days of the campaign. This budget continues that deeply troubling pattern in unprecedented ways, especially by singling out Planned Parenthood, a trusted healthcare provider that's essential to a woman's ability to determine her own future. Bottom line, we've never seen a budget so detrimental to women's lives. The budget expected to be released this morning by the Trump administration doubles down on President Trump's cruel agenda to prevent women and families from accessing the resources they need to stay healthy and get ahead. The budget's $3.6 trillion cuts... trillion cuts decimate the programs that help the country's most vulnerable. That's me. Specifically, the budget includes devastating cuts to programs that help the neediest Americans survive, including Medicaid, the Children's Health Insurance Program, and food assistance programs. I'm fucked. It also prevents (laughs) the nation's largest family planning provider, Planned Parenthood, for being eligible for federal funding that allows it to provide cancer screenings, Zika virus prevention, and HIV, AIDS testing and prevention. (sighs) I know. Hey, great. Cut my food stamps because I'm a a small woman-owned business trying to facilitate free speech and community in San Francisco. And I barely make any money. But cut my... Cut everything for me. Cut art. Cut... I mean... Taking away a woman's ability to choose whether or not she wants to have a baby is fundamental to her future and to the economic future of Americans as a whole. Because if you don't want to have a kid and you are economically forced into this way and then everything is cut, what are you going to create? You're creating a clusterfuck storm. It's like they want they want the class war. It's like they're breeding the class war. They're literally breeding us for a class war. We are the new we are the new cows are we gonna start eating babies because that's where I mean I mean maybe that would be I just I just don't understand (laughs) okay uh,
3: because you know the whole thing what it boils down to is money and tax cuts we know what that means so the Mm -hmm. one can get their tax cut that's why they're cutting all these programs but here's the funny fucking thing about their tax cuts and them wanting to be so fucking greedy yeah um what you going to do with all that money when there ain't no earth, where right. there ain't no planet, Right. but yeah. you know, you can't yeah. bring it down. I mean, yeah. you're killing people, right? You're little, you're well, literally we, killing people and you're forcing people into things that they don't want to, excuse me, women um, into right. things that they don't want to do. And when they're, Precautions where we can prevent this, and you want to take that away. science.
2: Science is great. Science We've is figured out a way. We've figured out a way so that women don't have to be saddled in the home raising children all the time. So that we get to oh, I don't know, go to school, get educated, help the economy. Be, we can be oh, we can be people and not just cute mans or females. Like I'm sorry. We have science now, so that we get to have free thought and critical expression, and we get to do whatever we want now. You can't enslave us and stick us in the kitchen with babies all the time because we don't have to do it anymore. They still always want to have sex. That's the thing. Men want to fuck all the time and they want to fuck everybody. But But now you're gonna
3: sexuality exactly. Here we go. So now we're gonna. women, cause women nowadays are, they're sexual, we're sexual beings. We know ourselves a little bit better than we did 50, 70, 100 years ago. And that scares the fuck out of men. Absolutely, That scares the fuck out of them. That we are more comfortable with our sexuality. And by the way, some of us don't even need a man because we have vibrators, so there. And there's lesbians, yay, and there's strap-ons, and we don't even need them at all. Exactly, and there's this thing called science where we don't even need a dick. Oh my god! We need sperm. But we can just kill you guys off too, and just freeze your sperm. But anyway,
2: <laughs> but I'm not talking. about We're more killing. than fifty percent. If if women would stand up, how do we all stand up though and say, "Hey, stop it!" It's Crimea Rivers playing in the background. I hate it when like Kismetly it turns <laughs> it out where we're like happens. we're like feminism. They're like cry me a river, bitch. Tears are good for lubrication, or that they'll be like, you know, what'll happen is there'll be a huge. Well, not there, there's not a huge resurgence in anal sex, but what are what can women do if we don't have access to birth control, or we just have to take it up the butt? I guess.
3: Fuck that. I know. No, I know. Well So men that men can come push and me down be happy, the stairs or something. Mm. Uh, the, no, the pull up fit That works so well. It, it just, you know, the thing is just like. The Republicans have always talked about this thing called personal responsibility. Right. And when you have people who are actually trying to take it, take personal responsibility, you want to take it out of the way. God, I hate
2: this world. I really do. I mean, nobody. It's insane to me that this is actually. A conversation that we're that is real this is real
3: why is birth birth control even a fucking issue so now
2: they're saying that only (laughs) rich people can you know only rich people get to have family planning great that's good that's great
3: i don't even understand why we're why are we even having this conversation i don't understand why we're having this fucking conversation why are we having a conversation about fucking uh people murdering people because of their different religion and, right. and skin tone why are we having a conversation about fucking birth control, birth control. why are we you're making america great again mm. congratulations it's a you know yeah. why are we awarding people for body slamming journalists and you know awarding them by becoming a congressman i'm talking about that fuck face in wyoming or oh. montana john uh gianforte who body slammed a uh, reporter last week for wow. asking a question.
2: Wow, that's really... You know,
3: But we, we award that. And so, you know, they like to talk about the children and the future and all that. You ain't gonna have no future because of climate change. That's true. You ain't gonna have no future because, well, look what the children are looking at now. Your motherfucking asses being sloppy and we award people for
2: everyone gets a participation trophy
3: yeah for being white and great good good
2: good okay so that was the gnarled pro-choice america minute go to their uh website and give and donate that would be great go to uh drug policy alliance and donate and go to mutiny radio while you're at it and donate. press that donate button there and listen uh everything's coming down it's scary so drug policy alliance news Um, Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The same thing, the budget, uh, we'll talk about the budget again. White House budget proposes more funding for law enforcement than treatment. Of course, yeah. Trump also reverses plan to slash funding for drug czar's office. Advocates White House budget further confirmation that Trump administration escalating the war on drugs. So not only did the budget, it's like, okay, what news is important to us here? So drug Policy change and and abortions and what did his <laughs> budget cut both yay uh, President Trump's. 2018 budget release today proposes to boost funding for the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, and other law enforcement while proposing dramatic cuts to Medicaid that has extended access to opioid treatment for millions of people impacted by the opioid crisis, as well as cuts to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, the federal agency chiefly responsible for administering federal treatment grants. In a press release, the Office of National Drug Policy highlighted that Trump administration's FY28 team budget proposes $15.6 billion for law enforcement and interdiction, but only $12.1 billion for treatment and prevention. The budget released today also confirmed the White House has dropped plans to cut the Office of National Drug Control Policy's budget by nearly 95%. Below is a statement by Michael Collins, Deputy Director of National Affairs with Drug Policy Alliance on the White House budget. Trump's budget puts law enforcement ahead of treatment and public health at a time when there's broad political consensus that drugs should be treated as a health issue. This budget represents a major step backward in the fight to end the opioid crisis. Nearly five decades of a war on drugs that has shown that throwing money away at drug law enforcement fails to reduce neither supply or demand for drugs and only makes drug-related problems worse. Trump's budget is the latest confirmation that his White House is engaging in a reckless escalation of the war on drugs, a losing proposition that is intensely unpopular with the public, and a tremendous waste of tax dollars that will needlessly drive up mass incarceration and put at risk the lives of people who struggle with addiction. Below is a statement by Grant Smith, deputy director of the National Affairs with the Drug Policy Alliance, on the White House reversals plans to cut ONDCP. Since its inception in 1988, ONDCP's primary mission has been the prosecution of the war on drugs. For decades, the agency prioritized hardline tactics by law enforcement that treated addiction as a crime. In the 1990s and 2000s, ONDCP was so obsessed with marijuana enforcement that it largely ignored early signs of the opioid crisis until it became a full-blown public health catastrophe. Trump's proposed budget is clearest indication yet that ONDCP will be tasked with the administrating, administering the Trump administration's escalation of the war on drugs. Those who fought hard to preserve ONDCP need to be vigilant that the agency doesn't revert to prioritizing enforcement-driven strategies that will only undermine the efforts to treat people who struggle with addiction.
3: Whew. Uh,
2: prisons (laughs) prisons are back it's like everything it it seems like everything that the amazing Obama did is being reversed like they're trying to wipe the slate and say that nothing he didn't exist and it's like there were really really good things that he did he did really 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 good things for the majority of people in the United States you know what the United States is a lot of people and all this is happening is for his rich motherfucking friends and it sucks that we're letting them take over the country and when is the class war coming I don't want to fight but they have all the guns. Who are we going to be fighting when we're fighting ourselves? If we're fighting neo-Nazis within ourselves on on buses and trains, how can we fight the government? They're having us fight each other and then they're going to come in with martial law. I've been saying this for a long time. They're going to fund a new class war or a race war or whatever's going to happen so that the poor will fight each other and then they get to come in and martial law and then we're all slaves again because we have no choice at all but to stay in our houses or do whatever they say and, and you
3: poor dumb white folks who are Trump supporters out there congratulations, <laughs>
2: congratulations.
3: this means you too but the, thing is, the sad thing is y'all will never be woke that's the sad thing y'all will never get it you, you, well, will they not?
2: What has to happen for the people to get woke? Die. What has to happen for the upper die. middle class, like my brother and his rich Christian friends? What does it take, take for them to away. say, oh my God, I'm a person just like these people? Like, when does it, when do we all, re- like, w- why do we have this class echelon in our heads that people with money are better than people without money? I
3: don't, I don't
2: know. My I, friend just came back from South Carolina and she said she was in the suburbs of South Carolina and the weirdest thing was that there was no culture. It was like, do they want to go to the Chili's or the TGI Fridays or, do you know what I mean? Oh but boy. And when they went into these places, because she had to, because she had a per diem and there just wasn't any culture or food, everyone working in there in that suburb was black. She was saying, like, ev- not like everyone, but pretty much. Pretty much. So all of the white people eating their stupid fat whitey food that comes out of a bag that's made in Kansas City, even though they're in <laughs> South Carolina, <laughs> right? But it's the it's the black people that are <laughs> working <laughs> this. <laughs> I mean, you're a boy. You're on boy. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> that's crazy to me.
3: you're you, you so white bread.
2: Right. <laughs> well, and I so I just read this book, of the history of white bread in 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 the United States and actually worldwide. And funny enough. Bimbo is, has taken over as the white bread producer in the world. But white bread is so weird because it's kind of a disgusting product. But we've there's this mythology behind it through advertising where it's become. We took Mexico, which was a corn tortilla thing. And they all eat white bread now. How? because of like marketing and it's crazy and it's about excess wheat and gluten and all this stuff I've been reading about. The wheat, I thought that that fucking corn, corn is the enemy, thank you omnivores dilemma. But it's not just that, it's actually wheat too. It's like we've been systematically killing our people for industrialized farming and it is so sad. And we're finally starting to see the connection between all of our diseases and all our weird stuff and the foods that we eat. Because are we stupid? Like we are.
3: I'm sure that funding Animals. Got, I'm sure that funding got by the FDA got slashed
2: too. Right, and the and the kids, the food for the kid, all this stuff. What we we our bodies are what you put in, that's what comes out. So if you put shitty shit in, you get shitty shit out.
3: Well, look at our um, President Cheetos diet, for oh, example. Yeah. You know, he his diet. Ugh.
2: Loves the Mickey D's, he baby. Loves,
3: and Kentucky Fried Chill, like stuff that just no. He's fat. He's, by the yeah. way, he's a fat fuck. I just want to let you know that. Them suits are—he ain't fooling nobody. That nigga fat.
2: Um, <laughs> he's wearing spanks. Wouldn't that be funny?
3: Yeah. <laughs> he's got his spanks on. You I crack mean, him he,
2: open like a like a Pillsbury Doughboy. He,
3: he ain't fit like Obama. He could never touch Obama. Mm. You know, You no. know, that's I why. I say we
2: bring Obama back. Can't we like rise up and be like, bring Obama? I want him to be the king. Hey, fuck democracy. Obama for king of America. I'm in. It's here in. The United States of America. I don't want to we, say America because that would mean like Mexico and technically South America is America too. So I could, I'm, you know. Yeah.
3: I want uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada. I want him, to, him to be me.
2: The, mm. the Make him a king.
3: Yeah. I want uh, him guy. I'd be in all the right places.
2: This is is the last thing that we'll uh, talk about from the Drug Policy Alliance. DPA's Grant Smith connects the dots between Trump, the drug war, and much more. This is actually a blog, so uh, just in case you missed it, the New York Daily News published an op-ed by DPA's Deputy Director of National Affairs, Grant Smith. The piece takes an intersectional approach to analyzing America's addiction to the war on drugs. Smith connects the dots between President Trump's friendly talks with Philippines President Duterte, who is known for extrajudicial killings of over 4,000 drug users, and President Trump's tactics of combining people's fear of the opioid crisis with anger toward immigrant groups. In addition, Smith analyzes the harm of the war on drugs, what the war on drugs does to the taxpayers. Trump's push to eliminate health care for trillions of people, millions of people who are at risk to opioid dependence and the utter failure of heavy drug criminalization. Smith compares the current political policy to that of the Nixon administration by arguing, whether he knew it at the time or not, Trump's call for a border wall to keep drugs and immigrants out of the country came straight out of the same political playbook that President Richard Nixon used when he declared the first war on drugs more than four decades ago. By launching a war on drugs, Nixon was able to declare war on entire communities that he despised. Looking at the war on drugs within the context of immigration policies, the border wall, public health, and economic sensibility provides a holistic view of how the war on drugs has been devastating to many different aspects of our society. Smith closes the piece by saying, Authorities haven't been successful at keeping drugs out of maximum security prisons, let alone the third largest landmass in the world. No border will impede the illicit drug trade, and no escalated federal enforcement effort will reduce the demand for powerful narcotics. Given this, drug policies must be grounded in science, compassion, health, and human rights.
3: You said that word again. Science. Science.
2: Well, Ugh. thank you, Drug Policy Alliance.
3: Thank you. They'll probably take funding away from that, too.
2: Yeah, right. Well, Drug <laughs> I mean, Policy Alliance they're is there. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're like gnarly. They're they're independent. And hopefully people I mean. God, we, do, we, do we ever find out what happened with the Kratom news of last year? It was like there was a 60 day uh, time period where people were like, hey, look, you can get off opiates with this. And then that kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Squash. They just squash it. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, the world is a scary, scary place. Scary
3: er place.
2: Yeah. It's,
3: uh, I, don't, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just. I wake up angry. I think I am going to have to start being on
2: meds. (laughs) How about this? Uh, We'll see what Melania says. Uh, This is, we talked about the uh, Kathy Griffin. She got fired, the Trump Trump beheading, blah, 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 blah. But let's see how his wife, uh, First Lady Melania Trump, responds to Kathy Griffin's grisly beheading photos. First Lady Melania Trump responded to the uproar. Comedian Kathy Griffin kicked up on Tuesday after images from a shocking photo shoot she took part in emerged online. The photos and accompanying video show Griffin holding a blood-soaked effigy of President Trump's severed head. A backlash ensued almost immediately as the photos spread on social media. According to reports, 11-year-old first son Barron Trump saw the images on television and thought it was his father's real severed head. Uh-huh. On Wednesday morning, Melania Trump issued a brief statement questioning Griffin's mental health. As a mother, a wife, and a human being, that photo is very disturbing. When you consider some of the atrocities happening in the world today, a photo opportunity like this is simply wrong and makes you wonder about the mental health of the person who did it, said the first lady. Shut your ass up. For her part, Griffin issued an apology late on Tuesday night saying, I'm a comic. I moved the line, then I crossed it. I went way too far. The image is way too disturbing. In a video posted on social media. With no makeup. Griffin went on to say she would ask the photographer to take down the photo and beg for forgiveness. It's not that bad. The president didn't seem to like He was. uh, The president didn't seem to like. He was in a forgiving mood when he woke up Wednesday morning and tweeted about it amongst a host of other topics, saying Griffin should be ashamed of herself, and that photo stunt was sick. Uh, He
3: just saw her image of himself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but what
3: I really look like?
2: (laughs) It's. She has red hair. He has red hair. That's red. I mean, I get it. That's the thing is though that I'm. I'm of the comedian thing where I'm like, okay, so we're not going to cross the line today, as we could, but we're not going to. I don't line. mind crossing the line, but it if is. It, I mean,
3: if it was a joke behind it, I would see like. Oh, the well, sh-
2: she's. This is satire. I mean, it's, but it's scary because it's also like. I mean, it's. Oh.
3: But but here again, I mean, here's he's killing people, mm. <laughs> left and right. I mean, seriously, or he's going to, or the administration is. Anderson I mean,
2: Cooper didn't like it. He said it was disgusting and completely inappropriate whatever
3: you know what fuck them this administration's disgusting we'll think of, we'll forget about this tomorrow and by the way melania you should actually question your own husband's mental health which by the way i heard he's not doing really well mentally really They've been um
2: oh I, she has a twitter too they all have twitters melania has a twitter fucking the president has a twitter these 12 year old girls that are running our country
3: yeah oh fuck. you should check out um,
2: I wanted to look up a little about Melania uh,
3: basically Donald Trump is being he's withdrawing a lot
2: from the marriage
3: no well not from the marriage no just in general like you know they said he's even get, gained even more weight haha ha, fat fuck yeah. um, and he's very very withdrawn and he isolates himself because he's basically that nigga cray cray
2: mm. yeah Inside the Trump marriage, Melania's burden until November 8th, Melania's, Trump's marriage provided her with a golden Fifth Avenue fortress at a price, putting up with her husband's humiliations and boorishness, from Melania's ill-fated campaign appearances to her apparent reluctance to embrace the role of first lady, how a very private woman is coping with the intense public scrutiny of her marriage.
3: I like when she slaps his hand. That was great. He, yeah. Yeah.
2: Traditionally, presidents have at least made a show of having healthy, happy marriages. Even the Clintons, despite marital troubles, appear to have moments of genuine affection, humor, and bonding. But from almost the first moments of Inauguration Day... During the ceremonial arrival at the White House, it seemed something was amiss with the Trumps. Perhaps you've seen the clip. Donald and Melania's black SUV arrives at the White House where Barack and Michelle Obama are waiting to greet them. Donald bolts from the car and marches up the stairs, leaving Melania behind in her powder brew Jackie-esque suit, carrying a large Tiffany box. President Obama, Bush, and Clinton all escorted their wives at this moment. This snapshot of the Trump marriage was soon followed by other odd moments. During the Franklin Graham's blessing, Donald turned around to look at Melania. She smiled momentarily, but once his back was turned, her face fell into a miserable frown. (laughs) Later that night, as the president and first lady had their first dance twice over to my way, she was often stiff and pulling away from his face. Because it's always his way, right? Save Melania and Sad Melania were soon trending on Twitter, the next day protesters at the women's march carried signs that said free Melania. <laughs> a fashion as a fashion fixture who's known the Trump clan for decades shared with me his fantasy. My dream is that Michelle Obama will convince her to leave him and she'll become this great feminist icon. She will walk into the middle of everything and say, "He's crazy. This is nuts. I don't know what I was doing." <laughs> alas, this is just that's just a dream, by the way. Uh, alas, a Hollywood ending this exciting is unlikely. After two high maintenance wives, Donald Trump seemed deliberately to have chosen his third woman who would be both a bombshell and a cipher, a physical testament to his manhood and amazingness. She would be decorative and polite, not needy and annoying. I'm not a nagging wife, Melania has declared a couple of times her manifesto. According to some of Trump's friends and associates, she has stuck to it. For a quick primer on some of Donald Trump's failed relationships, professional and personal, take a look. down <laughs> uh, She enjoys her role of stepping back and letting him take center stage, said decorator friend William Eubanks, who spent Thanksgiving with the Trumps at Mar-a-Lago, along with the romance novel cover Fabio and boxing promoter Don King. Ugh. According to Lisa Beitner, who did PR for Trump Model Management when it was launched in 99 and became a friend of the couple's, Trump found Melania the perfect mate. She doesn't make waves, said Beitner. She speaks only when spoken to. She's just very sweet, except in public when called upon to defend her husband's demeaning attitude toward women or to be a mouthpiece for some of his offensive claims, such as birtherism. And yet, woefully pliant as Melania may be, even she may have a breaking point. Over the course of reporting this story, which her close friends declined to talk, an uneasy picture has emerged of their marital union. Melania's unhappiness and the couple's apparent lack of closeness are becoming more noticeable. Despite assurances from her spokesperson, Daphne Grisham, that Melania is embracing the role of first lady, most signs point to a distinct lack of interest. And while Grisham says Ms. Trump plans to move to the White House once their son, Barron, finishes out the school year, there have been indications that she is not in a particular rush. Uh, Then it goes into her past about how this is like, you know, whatever, she was was in Paris and Milan in 95, Metropolitan Models. Do they talk about how... um, Melania Navs, the determined daughter of a former Communist Party member, grew up in Slovenia, where she and her older brother, her older sister, Ines, learned from their parents' ambition for upward mobility. Blah, 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 blah. She's pretty, pretty, pretty. Um,
3: what about her immigration papers?
2: Uh, right? I think, well, she got married, so it's fine. Uh, blah, blah, blah. She captured the attention of Donald Trump at a party thrown by Zampoli uh, at the Times Square nightclub the Kit Kat Club during fashion week in September of 98 Trump had come with a date Norwegian cosmetics heiress Selena Mildfart <laughs> that's a great name Mildfart uh, <laughs> but when she went off to use the bathroom Trump, Trump approached Melania and asked for her number she took his number instead a story, she's, a story she tells proudly soon as they were at a village hotspot Moomba starting a romance blah 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 blah, blah. oh wow With such remarks that, oh, it's the small hands you like, not the money, right? The comb over, the dash and good looks. Melania would say, stop it, stop it. Her rap was, he's a real man. Ugh. He He hit on her. He hit on her while he was on a date date with somebody else. That just tells you he has no...
3: We've always known he was a scumbag. Yeah. You know, even when I was a kid, when he was in Home Alone 2, he was a scumbag. It's true. I mean, it was just like, you know, it's... I just like the fact that you know, the, he tries to he tries to hold her head.
2: Yeah, right. And, twice and she smacked last him. Week, yeah,
3: <laughs> twice. Well, it'd be
2: great if she would stand up and say, "He's gross. I'm a trophy wife. I'm out of here." That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> that would be great. I would really enjoy that. But that's not. She's putting feminism back by second wife. I excuse me, third wife. Eyes down, right? Yeah. <laughs> third wife. Eyes down.
3: Don't you get to wear these? Fifty thousand dollar jackets that I pay for. Yeah. You're okay.
2: Well, I used to have a joke about second wife eyes down, um, but this is actually she's literally the third wife, third wife. and he and he liked her because she's she's compliant.
3: Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I just, uh, God. I I do have to say though, you know. She looked good in them suits last week. She's
2: really, really pretty. I mean, yeah. she's my age and she looks amazing. She's older than you. She's, she's not 40, 43. Okay. So she's a year older than I me. I thought she
3: was like 45, no, 47.
2: No, she's like 43. She's like
3: 43. Really? Well, she, yeah. she has some work done. I
2: well, know. of course. Yeah. Oh, look how sad she looks. Oh God, who's, who's dead? Um, <laughs> somebody died. Her, Maybe her. she's mourning after her. Um, <laughs> wow. There's a picture of them in a nightclub in 2004 and she, she looks super hot super hot he looks so ugly
3: and he's like just all over her like
2: Ugh,
3: uh, God, just you know he don't eat pussy uh
1: of course not He you know
3: he, he got a small dick he don't know how to fuck you
2: can,
3: men like that don't know how to fuck that's just well, they don't eat pussy they don't know how to fuck they have a small dick well I I calls it as I sees it Call it as
2: you see well he does I mean oh, small. <laughs> poor Melania she really I mean does she sleep fuck with him? does her. she have her own bedroom she
3: know what she got herself into mm. whatever bitch mm. I don't feel bad for you you and your your uh, small minded child yeah I'm talking about Baron. I don't care <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore fuck that family bunch of they they make the mob look bad
2: <laughs> they make the mob look good <laughs>
3: oh, oh, see, yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you just getting heat over and
2: then no fuck, i know we're getting and he fucks today. his daughter too Ivanka, well that she's bitch. really pretty but that's the thing is it doesn't matter what people look like we have all of i mean it's just a throwback to well hey women you better be skinny and pretty or no one's gonna listen to you but obviously she's skinny and pretty and no one listens to her either it's like saying
3: she wrote a book didn't you read about her oh book? sure she oh, wrote did a you? book yeah a yeah, well, was... uh, uh, woman working or something like that and she t- she took a bunch of quotes from like uh tony morrison and
2: some Melania. Other- Trump the inside story
3: oh no who you
2: oh knew. Ivanka like, I yeah, see she, Ivanka she, wrote a book yeah Ivanka wrote Melania don't know how to write oh, okay I was gonna say <laughs> she read a book Animal Parties and now it's a bestseller oh. uh, does it have a bunch of pictures Melania Trump know? the inside story there really is a book I mean let's see who wrote it I, I don't think it's her but oh, well no
3: Ivanka's is supposed to be about Ivanka. feminism oh god yeah it's <laughs>
2: So this is, well, this is by, who even knows who this, this is? by uh, Brian Pozar. Oh, there ain't nobody. And Igor Omezera. This is not a book about Donald Trump, nor is it a book about Melania and Donald Trump. This is a book about Melania Novs, the shy and skinny girl from Slovenia, a country most Americans, if they've ever heard of it at all, is think of part of Rush, Russia. Even if they have heard of it, they probably never heard of Sevnica, the small town Melania calls, or at least used to call, Home. Home. Right. I, I was like, Slovakia. I thought it was Slovenia. Are they the same? Slovenia, Slovakia, Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. We're going to do it. Moving into the first white house first time gonna get a new boob job he's gonna make our dreams come true doing Doing it it our way way. doing it his way
3: yeah his way
2: doing yeah they danced in my way it's his way (laughs) nothing's gonna turn me back now all the way to slovakia Slovenia. (laughs) Slovenia. They said no one knows now. (laughs) Well, so Jonathan's from, his people are from Slovenia. And he gets on me when he's like, it's not Slovakia, your joke. Stop it with that joke. You're just (laughs) spreading information. Just fake news everywhere. I would like, okay, so I'm really confused about fake news. Maybe we can talk about this for a minute. I don't, can't tell. I haven't seen any fake news. Or maybe I've seen so much fake news that I thought it was real news. I'm confused as to like, Okay, here we'll try this uh, from the Huff Post because we trust them. Americans could learn something from China about dealing with fake news. The Chinese people have been wading through propaganda for decades. All right, cool. Go Chinese, because so like I, I don't, I really don't understand fake news. I, I mean, I know that the Russians. I've heard from Zarina. Russians, yeah. Zarina Zab, Zabrinsky was here once, and she kept telling me there is so much fake news in Russia, and I was like, "What is it?" And she's like, telling me like they put out specifically fake, fake things. Games, yeah. And I was like, no. And now it's been happening here, but I don't... I don't know if I've seen it. Do you have any examples uh, of yeah, fake Yeah, for
3: ni- example, uh, the Hillary Clinton Pizzagate thing.
2: Pizzagate?
3: That, yeah, that happened during the election um, where as, you know, she was supposed to... pizza Like
2: Domino's Pizzagate?
3: Pizzagate. Alex Jones who... Uh, is a conservative nut job, where uh, President Cheeto gets his news, put pizza out this story. He's a conspiracy theorist. Right, it's,
2: it's under conspiracy here, yeah. Yeah,
3: and he put out this story about PizzaGate, <laughs> where Hillary Clinton and she had something going on with some pizza shop in New York, and, from
2: rumor to hashtag. Yeah. Gunfire in D.C.
3: Yeah, this is part of the fake news that was uh, put out during the election. So. That's that's a really big prime example.
2: What was finally real was Edgar Welsh driving from North Carolina to Washington to rescue sexually abused children he believed were hidden in a mysterious tunnel beneath a neighborhood pizza joint. What? Yeah. It's so insane. How did they how did they connect this to to um to Clinton?
3: It it, 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 it's. It, I, I don't know.
2: I it, don't. get it either.
3: It just had to with that maybe like she, her campaign I don't know. Yeah,
2: pedophilia ring and Hillary Clinton is at its center. Yeah. The rumor was retreated more than six thousand up. So it was something that was completely ridiculous that someone made up, and then it became a thing.
3: Yes. That's fake news. <laughs>
2: Do you get in trouble for doing fake news? Yes. People should get in trouble for that, right? Yeah.
3: um, Like, that's not cool. Even uh, Whoopi Goldberg suing someone um, about some fake news story that came out with her. Isn't that called slander? It is slander.
2: So that would be like, slander.
3: But, I mean, this fake news thing, I mean...
2: (laughs) Let's, let's see what they say about China. Uh, editors at China's leading nationalist newspaper, Global Times, don't often sympathize with the United States. So it was notable when the paper joined Americans last fall in scolding Facebook for f- spreading fake news. In an editorial titled Western Media's Crusade Against Facebook, the state-run paper argued that without government regulation, censorship, in other words, fake news, propaganda, and rumor would spread disastrously across the Internet. Any justification for censorship in China is u- used to be no more than a laughable Excuse for erasing stories that made its leaders look bad. The whole premise of media policy in China is that information must be controlled and directed in order to maintain social and political stability, said David Bandersky, a researcher at the University of Hong Kong's China Media Project. But media criticism from Americans' authoritarian rival now stings, its, stings in a way it previously hasn't. It turns out fake news can be a problem for free and unregulated press as well one with serious consequences and no obvious democratic solution. The internet and social media may have achieved something both staggering and chilling here by muddying the question of whether US-style democracy is better suited to separate, fact, to separate fact from fiction than other political systems, even authoritarian ones. It could be that Americans are just as, if not more, susceptible to fake news as their Chinese counterparts who live under a single-party regime. Generally speaking, facts are hostile to authoritarian systems, Vandersky said. These systems are rejoicing now because the commitment to truth seems to be falling in more democratic and open societies. The term fake news has been applied to a wide variety of misleading information, factually incorrect reports, rumors, spin, and everything else that exists for reasons beyond the intrinsic value in disseminating truth. There is a very old word for much of what we call fake news, propaganda, said Ben Dursky. Americans tend to associate propaganda with government obfuscation. But any public or private institution, as well as any individual, can engage in campaigns of manipulation. The key difference between advertising and propaganda is in who's leading the exercise. In Chinese, those two concepts can be expressed in a single word, zhuan chuan. Coca-Cola's ads are referred to as shuang chung, as our Global Times editorials. Both want you to believe something that may or may not be true. Although there aren't any robust studies comparing the volume of fake news in China and the United States, both nations have been led astray by misinformation. On the American side, a proliferation of stories in recent years that have touted the alleged but unsubstantiated dangers of vaccines, which has had damaging effects on public health. Conspiracy theories have spread about Planned Parenthood and the infamous Gate. U.S. fake news has even seeped into China, including the Seth Rich conspiracy. What's that one? You've heard about that one? Yeah,
3: that's uh, the DNC. uh, This gentleman who worked for the DNC was uh, murdered and robbed. And so now uh, Fox News has been using these conspiracy theories saying that the DNC had him murdered and what have you. And that's bullshit. And his family is still this happened last year. And his family is I think they're about to sue uh, Fox News. Because this conspiracy theorist.
2: Instead, the family and friends that Rich left behind have seen their grief magnified as a result of a a gallingly persistent bit of fake news. Rumors hatched in some of the internet's dodgier uh, redoubts were provided by a megaphone by irresponsible right-wing media organization, most notably Fox News, leading to a week of dubious, unhinged reporting that tortured Rich's family members until they were forced to speak out about it. And to uh, to the surprise of no sane individuals, those outlandish claims have fallen apart, leading to multiple reactions and a sudden vacation for Fox News' primary purveyor, Sean Hannity. Yeah. The whole ordeal has been entirely emblematic of the surreal media universe that Donald Trump era has ushered in. On this week's edition of So That Happened podcast, HuffPost reporter Travis Waldron, who covered... The way in which internet rumors became a Fox News spectacle in multiple dispatches over the past week joins the show to talk about how it came to pass that a baseless claim that Rich had been killed on the orders of a prominent Democrat leaking DNC emails to WikiLeaks became a news story that's so okay disgusting right right it's insane in China rumors exacerbated in a public health outcry when it was suggested that Hong Kong had been designated an infected port amid the SARS outbreak of 2003 during Japan's 2011 Fukushima meltdown unsubstantiated reports about nuclear radiation spreading to China went viral although in that Fukushima thing, like 300 Japanese fishermen got ball cancer three months later, like all at the same time. To people frightened or harmed by what turns out to be false information, the Chinese government's justification for policing the news might sound more reasonable. Orion Lewis, a Middlebury college professor who studies China's brand of authoritarian media, argues that censorship can be driven simultaneously by pure and sinister motives. I don't think the Chinese state uses it as positive regulatory role for its political repressive role, Lewis said, but I also think you can't say that positive regulatory rule doesn't exist in some shape or form. Blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Because they know everybody out there is spinning misinformation to them. The Chinese are more careful in how they consume information. So yeah, are we just dumb? We just believe everything now. Is that the problem? Yeah. (laughs) Because if it comes on a Facebook feed, we're like that's true. Yeah.
3: You you remember your your parents told you not to believe everything you see on TV?
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Everyone believes everything they see on their computer.
2: Right. Well, and then we get back to like who's the purveyor of your news. So if you go to you know Google or if you go to Yahoo or you're doing a one of those like on my iPad or my on my Samsung pad whatever the fuck it is I, I call it Tab Tabby, tabby tabba. tabba. It's T Tab A, and so I call it Tabitha Tabby for short. Anyways, whenever I swipe, I accidentally did it once. I swiped left instead of right on something or whatever and all of a sudden it gave me all this news and I was like oh so it's just another curator of news and I don't know if they're going off my I don't know if they're creating an algorithm based off the things that I search for for what news they want to give me or if it's just they're providing new like I don't know what skew every outlet is putting on their news right. Right? right so I know that Fox News is putting out a horrible right wing skew got it stay away from that or unless you want to know what the enemy's doing go check it out <laughs> but then you know like I trust HuffPost I trust things from the UK a lot
3: but there's also other things out there that you've probably never heard of and you're reading these stories and you're like I've never heard of this site or what have you let me give it a try cause you, you yeah you don't know
2: you never know
3: like, yeah, I, I trust The Guardian and The Telegraph and HuffPost, HuffPost, Al Jazeera. Um, sure. You know, yeah.
2: Al Jazeera, I have a hard time, though, because I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> no, they're, so they they always have it on, they always have it on at the at the awesome, I'll give them a plug. Uh, if you're ever in the tenderloin and you want the best in Indian Pakistani food, go to Tika Masala. Oh, that on place Ellis. is delicious. Oh, they're amazing. On Ellis in between... Jones and Leavenworth, they're open really late night. When there's cricket, they're open at like 4 in the morning. And they're great. And they, they have the best food. But they always have um, Al, Jazeera. Al Jazeera on. and Because they all speak whatever Farsi or whatever language is Arabic or whatever's happening. And so sometimes I'll, we were there the other night and I was watching it and I was like boy, I wish I knew what they were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's Al Jazeera America. There's, yeah, there, there's that too. The, they, they just don't want to watch that. So here's Here's the Yahoo News. We can see what they still. Kathy Griffin's on the top. Um, armed suspect arrested at Trump's D.C. hotel. Interesting. American wounded in deadly Kabul blast. Trump faces deadline for moving U.S. something. Trump care would depend on where you. Why Trump's tax cuts are dying? Ooh, that's good that they're dying. Well, so there. It's all. It's all. It's all 45 in the yeah, news this today. All, this all just all the, 45 all in the, the news. Attention he needs. Right. A lot of it US fires missile to test system designed to intercept missile attack oh my god are we still doing Star Wars yeah. uh, North Korea's latest missile launch it, I mean could they could can, can they I attack us
3: this? you remember we would we would play this game like once a week go to the different uh, news sites and websites right compared to six months ago when we would look up Yahoo where there would be some bullshit story about bullshit right look where we're we're, we're in some shit
2: because how about this duck treasury will hit the debt limit soon unless congress votes to raise it wow Wow. debt limit oh see
3: now now we have some stories (laughs) basically
2: uh and then we get this is where we get salacious uh female cops remarkable double life shocks officer but that's also sponsored so we can tell so there's a little little thingy above things that'll tell you if they're sponsored um, and where they come from, which is nice. Here's another sponsored one. Solar Institute. California homeowners installing solar at no cost. That's an ad. That's why it says sponsored there. But it's in such tiny bits that you might not know. Uh, heavily armed man arrested at Trump Hotel in Washington. Oh, that, it's just It's interesting that it's all... Spicer tussles with reporters after Trump's foreign trip.
3: Spice man,
2: the Spice man. I really enjoy Saturday Night Lives.
3: Yes, don't. With, uh, yeah, the girl that
2: d- plays Melissa him. She's Ma- so Melissa funny. Melissa yeah, yeah, she's so funny she, with that. Um, that
3: bitch better get an Emmy.
2: Well, it's it's all very it's it's all very sad.
3: It's yeah, because that's the world we live in.
2: Yeah. Oh.
3: The Catherine Griffin thing will go away.
2: Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow is Thursday. Tomorrow is Thursday. Well, also tomorrow, uh, the Warriors taking on the Cavs. Oh. It's game one of the important games because the Warriors are going to win.
3: Speaking of sports and the Cavs, um, LeBron James, um, his house was vandalized. Someone spray printed nigger.
2: Oh, no way. Yeah,
3: on his, on his house in uh, that Los is, Angeles.
2: That is not. They
3: spray painted nigger. That is not
2: cool. Yeah. Really?
3: Yeah. That's another story. Speaking of That's the sports talk. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. let's
2: see how quickly that comes. Police are looking into a racial slur sprayed on the front gate of LeBron James's home in Los Angeles. Oh, mm. poor LeBron. The Warriors are damn good, but you can't bet against LeBron James. Uh, well, yeah. I'm I mean, I don't bet money, but I'm really hoping that the Warriors do their everybody do the do the damage Uh, so there was a racial slur sprayed on his front front gates First reported by TMZ. Do you think that TMZ actually wrote it and then reported it? No, that would be funny. That would be funny if a news outlet went out to create fake news but made it real. Oh, it that's a, meta as fuck. I think it was a Warriors fan. <laughs> right, but it's but right, if it's but police confirmed the incident, which is still under investigation, to ESPN. It was first reported by TMZ. So I'm saying TMZ uh, went out there, spray painted it, and then went. Oh, so I just found this story. Look at look at LeBron's house. I found it. TMZ, real news. Right? So, like, is that illegal? Can you actually I, I, create, can you make your own crime, but then report it if you're a reporter?
3: Uh, yeah, white people do that shit all the time they with do white that? people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, the incident was captured on surveillance video. That's great. They spray painted the N word on the front gate, and they got them on tape. James bought the house in 2015 for roughly $20.9 million. It is 9,440 square feet. That's a big motherfucking house. That's
3: a big house.
2: Oh, Just LeBron. Too
3: bad that nigger's house is bigger than yours. <laughs>
2: Stupid. And, and why does he have a Los- well, house in Los Angeles? Well, I know he has a house in Los Angeles because he's a big actor. I'm telling you, train wreck. I actually hate him because of last year with the I don't hate him. Okay, I very much dislike him and if he does poorly I will say I'll rejoice in your failure but because I, I love the Warriors but why does he have a house in LA uh, because he's a really good actor and he was good in train he, wrecked yeah. and I got a good amount of I actually was he like actually he actually
3: does a lot of producing too good for him uh, so he but he, al- him. but he also he mostly uh, lives in Akron Ohio gotcha so yeah um, I like LeBron he's a He's alright. He cool. He's all right. He alright. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking another um, uh, sports news, you know our fellow Colin Kaepernick. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, NFL still will not pick him up. You know because you know he's a good guy who protests and he's part of the movement and he doesn't beat his wife.
2: Wow Yeah
3: Controversy um, with him not being picked up by
2: any team Exposes Mike Freeman's 10 point stance Giants The Kaepernick conundrum Uh, 49ers would have cut Kaepernick if he hadn't opted out Well We know know Seahawks not expected to sign Kaepernick Uh, You know why well, and you I know why Well, and it's I, It's not just about his performance either No, of course not Well, and, and I respect him for being outspoken And I think That's other, what I mean, it
3: is That they don't like a strong, educated person of color They man. just want somebody to throw a ball and toss it and get rich and that's it. And well, and there
2: shut. aren't a lot of African-American court. There aren't usually. Any, Traditionally, exactly. Af- African-Americans yeah. are not quarterbacks. Quarterback, because that exactly. would mean like, you know, they'd be in a big leadership position and they'd really be yes. like in charge of the team. And we wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do that. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't want to, you know. There you go. Mm, yep, I'm there starting you go. to see it. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know. He's a leader.
2: He's a leader. Well, we only get to have, <laughs> we only get, we only get. White white leaders. Ugh, I don't.
3: <laughs> That's your moment in sports. That's, That's your moment in sports.
2: Do we do we want to try to do a, a a rap? Who would we want to? Who would we want to? I would find say any from? of the
3: Trump fuck face kids. So or Jared Kushner. He's in some trouble too right now. But he don't talk. So actually, we wouldn't really let's have to see some
2: Baron Trump quotes. I don't really know a lot about him.
3: Uh, Baron Trump's eleven years old. I say Ivanka.
2: Oh right. Because we could do, we could do. um, You have to check out something about she uh,
3: wrote. uh, Why women work or something? There's some great stupid quotes out of that book.
2: Right. Well, it's the same thing as when Donald Trump said, "I'm a self-made man. I just got a little million-dollar loan from my dad. Just got it started with just a little million-dollar loan from my dad.
3: Dollars.
2: That's all. You know. So uh, also Ivanka. She's such a hard worker. You know. I only gave her ten million dollars to start her little company. Oh here we go. The most revealing quotes from Ivanka's new book looking very pretty on the front. Women who work rewriting the rules for success. Yes, when I like to get to the glass ceiling, I like to take my titties and squish them right up against him. Because that's how I like to lean into the glass ceiling. And so I get like a little nice nipple print, you know. We mind That's that's one of my jokes not hers. We mind the advice book's 222 pages for clues into what drives the notoriously private first daughter. Ooh. Oh my God. Uh, and her new self-help book that she describes as deeply personal, Ivanka Trump re- reveals, I personally love the word curious. That's about as intimate it gets for the first daughter whose public image as a do-it-all working mother and moderating force for the White House has been carefully calibrated to reveal no extraneous personal detail. In the book, Women Who Work, Rewriting the Rules of Success, which was published Monday, Ivanka Trump doesn't give much insight into her own life-in-a-fishbowl upbringing like she tried to do in her first book, The Trump Card published in 2009, and her largely behind-the-scenes role in her father's presidential campaign barely registers in the pages of advice on how to be a successful working woman. Instead, she sticks to a pablum advice. Cultivating authenticity is essential to creating strong bonds with your co-workers. She writes in one chapter of a book that leans heavily on quotes from outside experts who have written their own advice books. Oh, she plagiarized other. That's very nice. Some of the bromides she doles out are so nice, she wrote them twice. I believe that we each get one life, and it's up to us to live it to the fullest. She writes on page 8 of the book. On page 145, she repeats the line verbatim. Verbatim, I believe we each get one life, and it's up to us to live it to the fullest. In another chapter, Ivanka, Trump lists calligraphy, chess, and dancing as a few good options for stress-relieving, balance-achieving hobbies for working women. Political will the 222 pages of career advice for any new clues about how the Trump family operates or for fresh insight into one of the people who is closest personally and professionally to the President of the United States. Ivanka, this is, we're going to totally use this. Yeah. Ivanka on life advice. Divorcing ourselves from the reality that we have full lives isn't useful or sincere divorcing ourselves from the reality that we have full lives isn't useful or sincere passion is what makes us feel most alive in setting boundaries I find it's important to know your values but but know your environment too in setting boundaries I believe it's important to know your values but know your environment too yeah like on a map you got to set up boundaries We often don't realize while we're waiting for our lives to begin. They already have. And they're made up of all the decisions we make, big and small, conscious or not. Ooh. Deep. deep. Ivanka on work advice. No matter your age, your background, your education, or your successes, we are all granted 168 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) Maths. (laughs) How do you build a world-class team? First, you have to find the right people. It's easy to forget that communication is not just a means of relaying information, but also a way of engaging with others socially. Jesus Christ! Kill me. Can we call this Captain Obvious? Yeah. <laughs> Success is a team sport. You can learn so much from the perspective of others and it literally costs you nothing. Kill me. Ivanka on Jared. Jared and I have introduced seven couples who've gotten married. Seven! (laughs) We joke that a hidden talent is matchmaking, but we don't give guaranteed. So far, so good. No divorces!
3: Ew, kill me.
2: So her real advice is on, like, dating. A few years ago, Jared interviewed someone for a senior position on his development team who said at the first meeting, I have four kids. I have to be home every day at five. To which he replied, It doesn't bother me when you leave, so as long as you get the work done work done well if you don't get the work done you won't last just like anyone else here he told me about the conversation that evening and praised the woman for being forthright and clear in her priorities i doubt she got hired (laughs) 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 let's see if there's any other this is there's okay so all this stuff about her husband there's tons and tons of stuff which i find very boring My husband, Jared, is by far one of the most positive, proactive, and solution-oriented people I've ever met. He is incredibly pragmatic, always cool in the face of adversity, he finds it unproductive to focus on the problem versus the solution, or to react emotionally. He is my greatest teacher in this regard, the calm, soothing voice of reason that guides me to focus on what matters the most, even in moments of crisis or chaos, when I naturally tend to be a bit more emotional. (laughs) When I have a lot of different stressors coming at me, he'll say, just take one thing at a Time, slow down and focus on what you have the ability to control. Focus on solutions. Kill me. I know. (laughs) We love the garden, it's our new thing. Because she has so much time. Ivanka with boasts that channel her father. Some of my best photos of the kids were taken by my nanny during the day. Ah! I'm sure in 10 years I'll convince myself I took them. Learning to, uh, ne- yeah, learning to negotiate is essential to truly staking your claim. And not just because it's a career, critical career skill, Ivanka writes. My father is renowned for his negotiating skills, so I've been fortunate to learn from the very best. I negotiate daily on matters big and small. Negotiate on these balls. Mm. Uh, Trump with advice that could help her. the aides. Don't gossip, she warns of office life. Well, it's sometimes easy to get caught up in the who said whom about whom, especially when the people around you are doing it. I focus on instead making a difference.
3: What a stereotype. She's like, I
2: mean, there's nothing in the, basically there's nothing in this book at all.
3: And she plagiarized. And
2: she, yeah. And and uh, her, her life advice. Oh, boy. Oh, Ivanka. Uh, what kind of what kind of background music should we have for this Uh
3: should we do hip hop or should we do like pop or something?
2: Oh, okay. We can do a we can do a pop, uh, pop Song? instrumental, instrumental pop instrumental beats. Here, we'll figure this out. Uh, God, what a. Mm. I'm just so glad that she gets to continue um, publishing books because she sounds like she really knows how to write. And I think that successful people should all have bestsellers because, yeah. I mean, I've written so many books and they're never going to get published. Why? Because I'm not already famous. And I hate it when untalented people get to be famous and lauded for all of their wonderful abilities that were handed to them. Sausage Party, $19 million a of- Junk. Sorry, I just—I always get. There's, a, there's, a yeah, there's sausage, such a, party sausage party references <laughs> constantly. Sausage. Party. Oh my god. Because people with money should always have money. People with money should always have money. Please don't write
3: fucking books.
2: Please. Yeah. Her.
3: Stop writing. Stop writing.
2: What She's uh, Here we go. Women been working. Women talking? been working. Let's see how this one sounds. I'll, I'll start over because I kind of I kind of already like it. It's kind of slow, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try this out t- today. Uh, hey, it's dirty hot dirty pee and the sheriff coming at ya. Yeah, coming with at Ivanka. ya. some magic from the Trump. Women. women who work, women who work. She doesn't work, she doesn't work. Women who work, passion is what makes us feel most alive Women who work, women who work, don't buy her book Cause it's full of plagiarism The trump card, her first book Nothing in that either Some work advice: No matter what your age, your background, your education, or your success, we all are granted 168 hours a week. Hours a week. That's math. 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 That's is that a 24-hour day times seven, which equals 168 hours a week? When do you sleep? I got a nanny. When do you sleep? She's got a nanny and a child, on. Uh, how do you build a world-class team? First you have to find the right people Thank you, Captain Obvious Obvious, Captain Obvious To fuck up online device Don't gossip, women don't women gossip Gossip about women who work truck car. Get the trump card, don't buy her Fuss Burke either because she already has too much money. Bush. Too much money, don't buy the Bush. book to burn it. Go to the library and burn all it from there. there. <laughs> burn, it. burn it all down. We often don't realize that while we're waiting for our lives to begin, they have already. Of all the decisions we make, big and small, conscious or not, conscious thank or you, Captain Obvious. Obvious. Women who work, Have a women who work, women who work. Most women do so. I am that nanny, and I wish I could make enough as her nanny. She probably pays $38 an hour to a service. That's a lot of money. Maybe, maybe she doesn't pay a service And it's just another Slovenian girl Hanging out in her house Women who work, women who work Manny's work, women who work, women who work Success is a team sport, success is a team sport Ivanka Trump, captain of VS, caught so much You can learn so much from the perspective of others And it literally costs you nothing But I'll pay you lots of money to be my nanny My nanny while I'm at work I plagiarized to end work I didn't write this novel either It's probably a ghost writer Or it was me in a room with a tape recorder Talking about myself, how cool my life is My nice husband, my dad, he's really nice And my nanny Some of my best photos of the kids were taken by my nanny during the day. And I'm sure in 10 years, I'll convince myself I took them. Because I I take everyone else's work and make it my own. Pelagiarism. Women who work. (laughs) We did it again. (laughs) We did it again. We keep doing it. How do we do this? (laughs) Mixtape. Those were her quotes. Sh- shots fired, Ivanka. Yeah,
3: shots those, fired. Yo, those—that was from her book. Yeah, those are
2: so, all from her book. Yeah, yeah. she's just—and and don't please don't buy her book. Don't give her any money,
3: please. Unless you want to, you know, expensive kindling,
2: right? <laughs> but when you burn books, who, who loses? <laughs> I, uh, 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 speaking of speaking of books uh, or writers, I. Um, Just in case we got lost today I brought in uh, a short story from our buddy Stephen King it's a real short one but I was gonna if we uh, if we got lost we have about 20 minutes left in the AltaCast you've been listening to MutinyRadio.fm I'm your host Pam Benjamin I'm joined by the Sheriff of Truth LaToya <laughs> Win. that's true we just finished our song by Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff that album will be coming out soon don't you worry we're see. gonna we're gonna mix it mix tape because every time it always comes out I have no idea mixtape how that how that happens but it does
3: women who work that's the first pop that's that's her
2: their
3: pop pop yeah their first
2: oh Spicer gives a middle finger to the press Uh, the White House's press territory tangles with the press corps as he shows the strain of the job
3: Uh, He's losing his shit, too. It's good, right? The the
2: hardest job in Washington is only getting harder. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer is once again expected to take on the additional role of communications director with the resignation of Michael Dubuque, meaning he'll juggle the two jobs most central to pushing the White House's message and most scrutinized by a president frustrated by a gush of negative media reports. President 45 is also now back from abroad and back on Twitter. Making any coherent message strategy nearly impossible. The president has already appeared to complicate Senate efforts by calling for more health care spending, and he tore up his aides' careful talking points on Jared Kushner's Russia scandals by retweeting a Fox News article about the controversy. And that was just during his first full days, two full days back in Washington. The strain on the man who has to explain it all showed during a combative briefing on Tuesday and during the foreign trip in which Spicer was largely sidelined. The fact Spicer did the briefing at all was a bit of a surprise given that Trump had already discussed pulling back Spicer's public role once the team was back in Washington. White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who enjoys a good rapport with the press corps, was expected to command more of the daily briefings going forward. Spicer did the briefing Tuesday to give the middle finger to you guys. A Republican close to the White House said Spicer wanted to do it and Trump was good with it. I'm not sure how he'll do it from now on, but today was to give the middle finger to you guys. <laughs> They have realized the communications value of those briefings is not good for them, the person added. Trump, who has frequently critiqued his press secretary, told Spicer that his answers to reporters' questions were too long and that he needed to be more succinct, two people familiar with the conversation said. After the briefings, Trump has taken to occasionally dissecting Spicer's words on specific questions, pointing out mistakes and giving him tips on how to respond in the future. The people added Tuesday's briefing was packed with bold adjective dodges and media attacks. Spicer described Trump's foreign trip in a long opening statement as incredible, historic and unprecedented. Trump's relationship with German Chancellor Angela Merkel is fairly unbelievable. He said at one point he derided the press as fake news excoriated the use of anonymous sources, and defended the president's dissemination of a story that relied on a single unidentified source. At one point, he scolded Peter Baker, the New York Times chief White House correspondent, for shaking his head. And then he abruptly ended the meeting, left the stage to angry shouts and continued questions from the assembled correspondents. Spicer faced a special difficulty answering the questions about Kushner's alleged eff- efforts to establish back-channel communications with Russian officials during the transition and about Trump's reaction. What your question assumes is a lot of facts that are not substantiated by anything but anonymous sources that are so far being leaked out, he said at one point. You're asking if he approves of an action that is not a confirmed action. Spicer refused to deny reports about Kushner's actions, but also said that back channels are acceptable. He declined to say if he personally thinks they are acceptable and said he was only quoting from other administration officials. It's just like spin. The frustration he showed at the lectern Tuesday is not new. On a recent trip abroad, he repeatedly showed the strain of the job. At one point, he got drinks with a group of other staffers and reported in Jerusalem where he was adamant that the conversations steer clear of work. We've seen the most... We've seen of Sean Spicer was at a rooftop bar in Jerusalem, said one journalist on the trip. But he refused to take work related questions, and if you asked him a work related question, then you had to take a shot. <laughs> Spicer drinking game. Oh my God. We've got to start a Spicer drinking game. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be fun? We could watch. Actually, we couldn't do it with drinks because we can't at Mutiny Radio. But we could do it with the vape pen. We could watch one, and every time he said, you know, every, "Every time he got a little red, like whenever he got spiced, yeah, when he got a little spicy, spicy. we gotta <laughs> we gotta take a hit off the pen when he gets too spicy, gets too hot, he gets a little too hot, uh, he gets in a heated exchange with a reporter. We'll, we'll we'll listen to it, we'll watch it, and we'll see how many we can take. The comment was made in jest, according to the people presidents and no shots were taken. No political employees were presented at the gathering, which was off the. Records, Spicer declined to comment. Spicer said Tuesday, Spicer on Tuesday argued that Trump is very pleased with the work of his staff pushing back against rumors about further changes beyond Dubuque's departure, which was reported Tuesday morning. During the briefing, Spicer acknowledged what the president plainly believes. Ultimately, the best messenger is the president himself, Spicer said. He's always proven that.
3: Awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God
2: are oh, you yeah, approving at Trump let's see what Spicer says there's going to be I a,
3: think working for Trump we'll turn you into an alcoholic I'm sure
2: they're going to uh, i you. Turn, sure I'm turn you into an alcoholic I bet so hopefully there's no um commercial you know first gonna, you is you know there going to be a commercial they're going to try sell us, you you try sell us before th- yeah of course they are real long talks about cutting sugar uh that's funny well you know what and we should it's going to be with like nutria or something right to cut the sugar okay. uh but yeah you shouldn't eat sugar uh, you should just eat delicious uh fresh. delicious piece of fruit don't even drink fruit juice just eat the piece of fruit fiber the fiber's there to help you be a better person and poop and that's important i want a and, piece of fruit right now yeah, sure. it's cherry season which is actually really exciting this, this will yeah. be our psas for fresh cherries here uh all over the city
1: I think he's very pleased with the work of his staff. I think that he is frustrated, like I am, and like so many others, to see stories come out that are patently false, to see narratives that are wrong, to see "quote unquote" fake news. When you see stories uh, get perpetrated that are absolutely false, that are not based in fact, your fake news, that is troubling, and he's Uh rightly concerned. Can you give an example of fake news, Sean? Can yeah, you give absolutely, us an hey, Jim. I'll yeah. give you an example. Please. Sure. Uh, Friday, the president was having a great discussion at the G7, and someone from the BBC and ultimately an incoming reporter from the New York Times retweeted that the president was being rude by disrespecting the Italian prime. minister.
2: Oh, what happened? Italian prime minister. Oh, why did why did we why did we dump out?
3: What happened? What happened? What I happened? happened? it was frozen too. What,
2: what happened? Just... Oh, we want to see him get. Um, we want to see him get heated. Get heated, Spicer.
3: Come on, Spicer. What happened? What happened? Political. what's wrong with that? I him? know, it's weird.
2: Well, we wanted to play a drinking game, but...
3: We're not drinking, though.
2: No, we're not drinking. We wanted to t- take shots fired uh, with the... We'll just... We'll just do it anyways. Uh, I'm going to take this toke uh, and hope that the DEA stops existing. Uh,
3: uh, I'm boo, I'm DEA,
2: good. Boo. Boo please don't mess with the marijuana please uh it is I, I am I am scared that they are going to try to roll back all of the forward mo- motion we've had oh, forward movement, forward movement with um with what's been happening in California what are they gonna do are they really gonna come in like are, states rights we've legalized it. Are, are you seriously gonna trying, come in and try to take away
3: sanctuary cities too, and all this fun stuff? You know,
2: it's uh, uh, so talk to me about sanctuary cities for a second. All
3: right, so sanctuary cities. Um, basically, if you are a legal immigrant. I hate to say that word. Um, There are certain cities such as like San Francisco, Chicago, New York. Boston has an ordinance
2: enacted in 2014 that bars the Boston Police Department from detaining anyone based on their immigration status unless they have a criminal warrant. There you go. Cambridge, Chelsea, Somerville, Orleans, Northampton, and Springfield have similar legislation.
3: And now um, the governor of Texas, this is going back to what was going on in the Senate floor uh, this week, uh, where... uh, the senators uh, wanted to... They basically, in Texas, they want to take away the sanctuary city. Sure, they
2: have Dallas, Austin, and Houston are all sanctuary cities there. Um, we have Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Salt Lake City, Denver, Dallas, Austin, Houston, Miami, Miami. Washington, D.C., Baltimore, New York City, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota. Those are all sanctuary cities. Uh, there are more. That's just some of them. Uh, which is important, Uh, how sanctuary cities work and how Trump's stalled executive order might affect them. Ooh. Uh, This is actually from January and it's still, it was updated on April 26th though. um, Supporting, uh, President Trump released an executive order on his fifth day in the office to support immigration enforcement and punish local governments who don't comply with federal authorities. But the order was frozen by a federal judge in April. Here's how these policies work in some call, so-called sanctuary cities. Officials refuse to hand over illegal immigrants for deportation because jails are typically run by counties rather than cities. County policemen can matter more to immigrants. Uh, immig- what are sanctuary cities? An Immigration and Customs Enforcement compliant report obtained by the Immigrant Legal Resource Center showed that in the 168 counties where most of the 11 million illegal immigrants live, Uh, 69 sanctuary counties decline federal requests to hold arrestees in jail due to their immigration status and 99 counties accept federal requests to hold arrestees in jail due to their immigration uh, status. Wow. So they've got a map? Wow. Wow. California has state laws that make it difficult for jails to turn illegal immigrants over to federal officials, but its border counties still tend to cooperate, cooperate with detainment uh, requests, even though San Diego's Sanctuary City. Um, wow. In New York City, where police run the jail for five counties, it is surrounded by suburbs where detain requests are almost always accepted. So even though Sanctuary Cities are still not really uh, being too sanctuarial, <laughs> um, it's, it's a county policy around assistance with deportations that gauges how, ma- how much at risk any immigrant is in terms of being filtered into this pipeline that Trump and company have promised, said Kemi Bello, communications director for the Immigrant Legal Resource Center. Uh, wow. So here's how the deportation process usually works and how it could change. It starts with, a city police officer pulls someone over and arrests him for or her of something unrelated to citizenship, such as a DUI or disorderly conduct, whether or not uh, the city has a sanctuary policy, he or she is booked in the local county jail, which is usually run by the county sheriff's department. At the jail, his or her fingerprints are taken and sent to the FBI, which sends the inmates' information to Immigration and Customs Enforcement. U.S. law requires this information sharing between local and federal law agencies. If ICE finds the inmate is undocumented, it submits a detainer request to the county jail. ICE typically asks jails to hold inmates an extra 48 hours after they would otherwise be released so they can get a warrant to begin deportation proceedings. Under Trump's new policy, ICE could begin deportation earlier in the process before criminal proceedings are complete. Then, the Department of Homeland Security has said that complying with these requests is voluntary because keeping someone in jail without a warrant violates the Fourth Amendment. So here's what happens next, and it depends on county policy. If the county says no, if the jail is in a county with a policy of frequently declining these requests, the inmate is released once the criminal case is complete, if he or she is convicted but doesn't face additional jail time, if charges are dropped or if bail is met. Then, a Department of Justice inspector general report found that some jails will only comply with a detainer request when the inmate has prior felony convictions, gang membership, or is on a terrorist watch list. Others reject every detainer request. Okay, so we're like a no county. If the county says yes, if the county typically complies with the ICE requests, the inmate would stay in jail while ICE works to obtain an administrative deportation warrant. If ICE obtains the warrant, they could pick up the inmate and transfer him to a federal prison, or the inmate could stay in county jail while he or she undergoes deportation proceedings. If so, the jail can request money from the Department of Justice to recoup part of the cost of detainment. Oh, that's interesting. Eventually, the inmate could be deported. Yeah, so... um, the Justice Department inspector general found that 10 large jurisdictions re- received $342 million in active justice assistance grants as of March 2015 that received state criminal alien assistance programs grants in fiscal year 2015 and of policies that could put them in violation of the information sharing law. California got $132.4 million. So that's why they're like, share with us. We gave you money.
3: <laughs>
2: Let's put the people in jail. how much money does it cost to deport someone
3: I bet you it ain't cheap that's
2: for sure yeah let's let's look it up because is it how much money does it cost to deport one migrant Uh, it depends (laughs) there is no comprehensive study that analyzes the cost of deportation and experts say there are too many variables to consider uh they Memorial Day sale. Stop it! No, I don't watch your Memorial Day sale! I don't want it! Why is it happening? I can't handle it! Stop, nah, stop, stop, nah, stop! Make it stop! Make it stop! Oh,
3: okay. Jesus. Whew. Sorry about that. We just wanted to We just
2: wanted to find out yeah. how much And they're they're like, we don't do. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't it, worry depends. About it. it depends. It's fine. Depends. That's don't that's it. Greyhound. That's at right? <laughs> uh I, I mean, I don't. I don't like. I don't agree with deporting people. It breaks up families, and they say, "Oh, they should be here illegal They should be here legally." Well, and and it'd be great if everybody could. But,
3: oh, there we go to American history again. I, I know, right?
2: just like, who When did uh, we decide on these crazy borders? It, that's the other thing that makes me think about land, right? Okay, so people in this city in San Francisco, they own the land on their house or whatever. When did we break all the land up? And when did we decide who get it? And who do they give the money to to buy the land? Because we took the land from other people, and then all of a sudden we said, well, this is the federal land, and this is this land. How do you just decide that someone owns the land? And, and what, there's paperwork everywhere on everything? Like, whatever. when we first got here, they were like squatting rights. So like, oh, okay. We're buying the land. Really, it was the Indians' land. They get. I read the Laura Ingalls Wilder. We've read that. We know. But so, we just gave people land and said, "Hey, if you stay on it for three years and make it work, it's yours." But it wasn't theirs to begin with. So, who's who? Belo- who belongs to what? What who's is who's and how did that? How do we figure that out? And why do we have all these wealthy landowners? And how did they get the land?
3: Can I just mention Standing Rock right now? Uh, thank that you. That has something to do with land, right? And let's
2: give them the land, but then when there's something worth on it, let's take it away.
3: Yes, which there is. There is. I mean, they had a contract that they weren't supposed to build mm. on that land. Sure, but you know, it's just a bunch of like you know. Brown people, anyway. Yeah, so let's like just, brown, you know.
2: They didn't have any money, anyways. <laughs> I, I just philosophically, it's all really sad and disappointing. Like our history, where we are, all the entitlement that we have. How, we, read a book. Well, how, we, how we've how we moved enslavement of our own people. And we still do enslave our own people with the nine to five and, and the yeah, 168 absolutely. hours in a week, you know, work all of them so that you can have a house and live in the suburbs and eat chilies. And then shoot yourself. And then, right. But. <laughs> Or become it's, an alcoholic, or, or become yeah. yeah. No, there's, or a heroin addict. Yeah, we love the opiates. Yeah. How uh, right. how far we've come. How far we've come. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it. We come to another end of a successful Altacast, <laughs> where we've come all the way around the circle and depressed you all miserably.
4: Yeah.
2: Yay. No. Oh God, kill me. Go to see me at Cobb's on the 11th. Uh, Bye, t- heavyweight comedy showdown. If you're a feminist, you better be there because I'm the only female on the bill and uh, man I'm not above or below pulling hair to win uh, uh, I'll,
3: I'll be there thank you yeah, I'm excited there. about I'll, I'll get the, a
2: ticket uh, well you just grab one of those and then when you go to the door there, it's like a $6 discount basically it's pretty rad uh, so yeah go to Cobbs and keep supporting Mutiny Radio this Friday the Pantastic show is newbies, comedians who've been doing comedy less than two years, you'd be surprised they're all very funny uh, definitely come to that and as always, listen to all of our Mutiny Radio shows here. Coming up next is Some Call Me Tim. I was supposed to have a guy on named Franz. It's like in all of my calendars. I have no idea who it is. So if someone shows up, I'm gonna be like, sweet. And if no one shows up, I'm probably just gonna play records. Cause I'm like, all right, this sounds good. Uh, so do you, do you have anything upcoming?
3: Uh, do I have anything upcoming? No, uh, I'll be here for happy hour. Oh. That's what I'll be here sweet. for. Sweet. Trying more profane material. Uh, yeah I don't think I have a show until June actually no well it's
2: tomorrow is June
3: oh shit June yeah tomorrow
2: starts (laughs) June actually that's another month that's here happy Um, Juneteenth yeah Yeah, happy yeah Yeah. actually go read a book everybody read
0: They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it or I ain't scurvy shit faced McRat. This is Tutor Metals with Mutiny Radio. Big up to number one station, the Holy Nation. Give it to me, every time. What's with the limp?
2: I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you gonna work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of
0: paperwork. Man, you should go to JohnStraussLaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid
2: when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket.
0: Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com.
1: The Nightspace brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download.
2: June 11th at Cobb's Comedy Club, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $16 for the All-State Heavyweight Comedy Showdown! Hosted by Terry Dorsey, featuring some of the best comedians all over the California from San Francisco, Pam Benjamin from Saratoga, Joey Avery, and all the way out of San Diego, Mike DeVore. Other comedians as well for only $16 at Cobb's Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue. Go get your tickets for June 11th now.
4: Tell me
0: what you think about your situation, complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. To the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, pcrcollective.org. We'll see you there.
1: 81 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now.
4: To hurt me, but boy how it burns me whenever she me you know, I feel so lucky. Oh. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit.